Hey, this is Murray Valeriano of the Road Stories Podcast. Uh, this week, I sat down with Matt Fulcheron and Bert Kreischer. I planned to record about an hour. We recorded about two and a half hours. So, uh, cutting it into two parts. This is part one. Uh, a couple of things. We recorded at uh, the Full Charges studio. So, uh, he fucked up a little bit of the audio. Um, so, we lost 20 minutes. But still, it's two hours of quality Road Stories. Let me tell you something. Once you get Bert Kreischer on a roll... He rolls. So uh, thanks for listening, as always. And here we go. Uh, part one, Burt Kreischer, Matt Fulcheron. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns. And fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs. And blacklists, bounce checks, great, a bachelorette. Trunks in the front, making out for your set. And middle acts doing blow more, missing merch. And drive the rental car past another mega church. And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Mic check. Mic check. Yep, mic check. Mic check. Sorry, I was uh, reading things. Uh, okay, we're in good shape. We're in okay. good shape. I, I apologize, guys. No. We are back up. I'm sorry, Bert. What were you talking no, about? No, I was saying that I was looking for Corolla's book and Bob Bryan's book. And Bob Bryan's like a national bestseller. He's one of the he's one of the dudes on Corolla's show. Oh, okay. He's like a producer, but he wrote a book. He had brain cancer, and he and he wrote a book about it, and it's really good. So I was going to go buy it. I'm in Barnes and Noble, and like once you write a book, you start going, "Oh, I'm gonna like I bought Jason Ellis's book." Uh-huh. I go and I couldn't find Corolla's book. I literally was like, "It should be on the front table." Right, right. And then I made it in my head. I was like, "Maybe it just isn't out yet. I don't know." But it should be on the front table. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, yeah. You just got to stamp Chelsea Handler on the, your cover, and it'll be on the front. It'll be in the front. <laughs> I bought her book, too. Uh, You've gotten to be kidding me. Oh, how is it? Have you read it? It's good. Yeah? <laughs> it's good. Don't yeah, worry. It's, nobody can hear that eye roll. <laughs> it's, no, it, it, it's, it, it actually, I'll tell you what. It really kind of was, uh, it, it's, it's about her and her friends mm-hmm. uh, taking a trip. Okay. So it's a travel. It's sure. It, it's you got to know the people. She tells you who the people are, and you just, she describes them. But it's I mean I only read like the first half of it. Right. But it's it's interesting to me because I was like, oh wow, I travel a lot, and I've been offered to write books about my travels, but I have never done it because I, I was like, how would I do that? Right. And then you see how she did it, and you're like, oh fuck, I can copy her, <laughs> or I can. So I was a little frustrated reading it because I was like, ah, she just took one trip and wrote about it. I tried. I, I travel every fucking week. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I bought every, I bought everyone's book. Oh, that's I cool. always buy books when comics write them. Yeah, I gotta start reading more comics books. I still I only read like music biographies. That's about all. I'm, I read. I'm obsessed with music biographies. Oh, one yeah. of my favorite ones was uh, 28 Days on the Road with the Sex Pistols. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking whoa! Really good. I'd love to read that. Yeah, is, it, is it in America? Yeah, it's in America. Oh, uh, they you know this story where they did this tour just to get hated by cowboys. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's and a, Johnny yeah. Rotten wore like a. Two cowboys fucking on his T-shirt when they played in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know what's crazy is that they assumed, without any uh, any insight at all, that because punk was working class music in England, that they would play well to working class America. Right. So they went where rednecks were, thinking <laughs> yeah. that was what working class was that it would appeal to them. Oh, I had always, I always, the way I, I seen it always presented was. We're going to do it to have a shitty tour. But they no, wanted to have a good tour. They, they thought that it would be brilliant right, right. to go to these places because this is where working class people lived. And they had no clue. And they, pulled, they, like they, did, they pulled the tour, right? Like they didn't even finish their tour? No, I think they made it all the way to San Francisco. Oh, really? And, yeah. then, and then they had their last show and that was it. Oh, okay. If, I'm, if, yeah. if the documentary I saw was right. All right. Now, the best part is they got clips in this documentary, The Filth and the Fury. That's the Sex Pistols documentary. I've seen yeah, that. I've seen that. Yeah, and yeah. They, got, they got like all these rednecks like, Johnny Rotten, you just bring it right over here. I will kick your fucking ass. You know what I mean? Like all these people giving testimonials to the camera. But like one girl, they show one girl, she's like, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I love it. It's great. Really? You know, that, but that was just one. Shut up, Marguerite. And that was a chick. That wasn't some dudes just. You look at those. I look at those <laughs> tour documentaries and I go. And I, I did a tour documentary that mm-hmm. uh, that is just is really it's been taking forever. But uh, you're in the middle of it. No, we're done with it. But okay. Now we're doing screenings and trying to get distri- distribution. But like you look at those tour documentaries. I want to do 
Um, I did that call and sit to work show. I want to do a call and sit to work tour. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so it was made fucking touring so easy. Uh, One Friday show, yeah, eighty five percent of the door, yeah, just fucking do it at noon, and you're back on a plane seeing what, your what, kids. Tell us why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? I I'm don't understand. You, it's brilliant. Tell us about the call and sick show. So I do. I did it in DC. I go and do Elliot in the morning. Mm-hmm. I and I get do radio. And when I do radio, a lot of times I'll drink. Sure. And so well, I yeah, said, it's radio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I said, uh, "Here's the deal. Everyone call in sick to work and meet me at the club at noon or at eleven. I'll be there at eleven. Right. And so and it's a comedy club. You can't tell it's light outside. Right. right. So everyone calls in sick to work and they all drink all morning and start pre partying at like eight. And she's like it's St. Patty's Day. Right. Like you get that St. Patty's Day vibe with right. me. Like, I love St. Patty's Day. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite days of my life. My buddy Hutch showed up. By the way, I need to start using different people's names. <laughs> I'm like I'm telling these stories about my friends and right uh-huh. then that's who's all texting me and they are like I don't think they're happy. <laughs> really? really? I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, I, my buddy Hutch pulled up one St. Patty's Day. I was in college, and uh, he pulled up on a, on a Vespa. He didn't even have a Vespa. I don't know whose it was. And he's like, B-Man, I got mushrooms. Let's go. <laughs> I, we ate mushrooms, and we drove around on a scooter in Tallahassee on St. Patrick's Day. And I was sitting backwards on the scooter. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting backwards staring. <laughs> At the, and we were going slow as shit, and we were just driving through like the tree-lined streets of Sorority Row, and just driving through campus, and it was so fucking beautiful. And it was one of my favorite days I've ever had in my entire life. I don't know why we were talking. How did we get on this? Uh, yeah, call in call sick. But calling sick to work, it's like I fucking love that premise of let's do St. Patty's Day. Fuck it, it doesn't need to be St. Patty's yeah, Day. Yeah. It could just be Friday. You so, could do a tour of that. Do, well, I'll do. I'll do. Uh, what I'll do is I can do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It doesn't matter what fucking day yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Any Just day call in sick to work. Any club would love that because they need something on Tuesday. Yeah, then they, they can do. Then they can do other shows at night. Yeah, yeah. I need. I need. Did you pack that show? Yeah, it sold out. That's it sold awesome. out. It sold out in twenty minutes. That is awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was like the highlight of my touring so far. Was mm-hmm. that like I was like fuck yeah, and so I can do it. I th- here's where I can do it. I think I can do it in Edmonton, in Philly, in DC. Uh, I can't do it in Tampa because you need morning radio. Right, and there's right. no like real morning radio show uh-huh. that I do in Tampa. What about um, Chicago? There's no radio in Chicago. Really? There's no radio in Chicago. No, man cow. No. But he's... <laughs> <laughs> like I said. Yeah. I, like, I, 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 here's the thing is I've, I've done man cow's show and, and he's a really nice guy. Right. And, and off air, we got along very well. And I think yeah. I made him laugh. And I think he liked me off air. But on air, it, it, the show is not necessarily uh, – st- you can't just step into the show and start doing well because he controls your mic. Yeah, that's true. So he lowers your mic when you're not talking. Mm-hmm. So you can't – in order to talk, you got to start talking – and, and raise your hand or something. Yeah, I, I, I was asked to do it last time I was in Chicago, but I didn't do it. Ring a cowbell. Ring a cowbell. <laughs> clang, 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 clang. I, I, raise I your asked, hand. I was asked to do it too, and I didn't do it. Yeah, that's yeah, so weird because you know if you have to raise your hand, then that kills the timing. Yep. I mean, yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, and I understand. I think he pays for all his fines, mm-hmm. so I understand that he's doing that. Mm-hmm. But just for me, it's not something I want to do. No, it's not fun to to, to to have your mic turned down. Oh, someone <laughs> someone told me someone went in and did. Uh, Man cow, I can't remember who this is. They left me a voicemail yesterday, uh-huh. maybe. Who the fuck was it? I'll tell you who it was. It was Hutch. It was Hutch. <laughs> man cow, he man cowed on his Vespa down to the studio. No, I don't know who the fuck it was. Someone did man cow and, was, and thought that man cow was my buddy Cowhead. Uh-huh. And goes, uh, you're best friends with Bert. And man cow's like, who the fuck is Bert? Nice, and he was like, "I thought he was your best friend." He's like, "I don't know that fucking guy." <laughs> so my so someone was like, "I'm sorry, I made it." I was like, yeah, that's a, that's an easy cow title mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My buddy Cowhead just changed his name to what? To what? Mike Calta. He's like, "I don't want to be Cowhead." <laughs> so that's his Christian name, huh? His that's Christian his name, name, Michael Calta. <laughs> Good for him. And what's crazy is there's a big string of gyms in Tampa called Calta's Fitness. Uh-huh. So it's kind of a, I don't know if it's still around. It was there when I was a kid. We saw that in Connecticut too. A guy who was known as Mad Dog for years changed his name to his regular name. He was on the Ronnie the Limo Driver show. So Hold on. There's a guy named Mad Dog. who He went by Mad Dog in New York forever. 
Wait. He, he was on the show. He was the guy doing all crowd work at the at the Shuley show in Connecticut. Yeah. And Mad Dog's a radio guy? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. There is no, a no. Mad Dog in Baltimore, in Maryland, right. who's got a radio oh, show. okay. Yeah, so this guy was just named Mad Dog. It was, it's so funny because his name is Mad Dog. He's not famous or anything, but mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going by my real name now. And he, oh, and I remember that. And I remember that. And it's funny because he's not really famous. Oh, yeah, famous. we did see him. We did see him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, I, saw him, I saw him at Gotham. The, he's uh, an Arab. Uh, maybe. Middle Eastern, maybe. Maybe. He could pass for it, but he might be a regular white guy, He might too. be right. Yeah, yeah he yeah, might yeah. just be like, he, hey, uh, everyone go and buy Sam Tripoli's album. Yes. Oh, yeah. Go buy Sam out. Tripoli's yeah. album. Uh, what's it called? Uh... Oh, fuck, I just Believe tweeted about it today. Believe in yourself, yeah. I just bought it. Oh, great. I just bought it and tweeted it out. Awesome. Tripoli, um, we're talking a lot about Tripoli lately. Yeah? I was hanging with Ernst this weekend, and we yeah. actually had like a little seminar for the comedians, and we were talking about just like how, what a monster Tripoli is. Oh, Sam Tripoli on stage is... He's, I, I have a, my, my Sam Tripoli story is uh, when I first, we did this, uh, this fucking... Uh, National Lampoon funny people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time ago. Barry Katz did it. And on my show, it was me. Do you remember a comedian named Tess? Yes. Black, yes, no, yes. black chick? Yes, she was oh, the yeah. last comic standing. And yeah, I worked there's I another there, Tess that's a comic that's white. Oh, that's... And they used to go as white Tess and black Tess. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, man, there's already another Tess? <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'm on her show. So, um, so me... I go up. I don't know anybody. I don't know anyone. Right. And um, and it's Tripoli. And someone else I forget. But I remember going like I remember thinking I was really fucking funny. Yeah. Because I was like I was a feature. I could do like twenty and destroy. And at that, at that moment, you think you are as funny as headliner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I go and Tripoli's on my show and he's going up before me and I'm like, and he comes up and he's like, he's like, hey man, I just want to tell you that uh, me and my friend saw you live and we, you're one of our favorite comics. And I was like. What? Like he's yeah, yeah. And, and like he's going up before me and he's saying that to me and I'm like, "Oh, thanks." And he goes, "You have one of my favorite jokes about I think it, I think it was touching cops faces or I don't I don't know what the joke was. I forget what it was, but he's right. like, "Are you going to do that on the show?" And I was like, "I am now." <laughs> and he's like, "Cool." He's like, "Well, I'm Sam." And I was like, "I'm Bert." And he's like, "I'm on your show." I was like, "Oh, cool, man." And we became friends. And then he went up and fucking yeah. destroyed. Oh, yeah. All I remember is he had a tag that was and she goes up for a layup and I ring her bell and he slams the mic stand down and he's like that's how the brothers must feel when they're playing basketball with me because he's talking about playing basketball with the chick at the YMCA and I fucking was laughing so hard that I had to get I had, like before he went up right before me uh-huh. and I had to slow down and be like all right hold on I got to do stand up too <laughs> and I I'm here to work I'm here to bell. work yeah so yeah go buy his album express your, express yourself believe in yourself believe in yourself I was just hanging with him on Sunday night we uh, went to that big bowling did you guys hear about that a big Heard about bowling extravaganza yeah. what, what was that I don't know I was like Jamie the uh, booker at the improv put it together and it's it's every Sunday night now I guess but it's like teams like I bowled for all things comedy and we bowled against Airwolf and then like the comedy store it's not fair store. Chris Hardwick this, was Nerdist there? Nerdist wasn't representing wouldn't that Nerd be funny there, wouldn't that be funny if Nerdist showed up and just cleaned up dude have and you then, then we have Hardwick? to take away I know Hardwick he's the son of a bowler yeah, yeah. which would be funny though if the nerds killed it and then we'd be like you guys can't be nerds anymore you're winning the sports right <laughs> yeah. Chris Hardwick told me he's like he pulled me aside one night this is I mean it was a very long time ago and he's like I have always wanted to write a bowling joke and you've written my favorite bowling <laughs> oh yeah it was a bowling I used to I used to go to bowling alleys a lot so I feel like I had a bunch of bowling alley jokes right right I had like three or four bowling alley jokes I used to, I had a thing called in one of my specials I said I, I was talking about I had a story one time it was a true story it was based off a true story um, it was a bit about I went to the piss in a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. I was bowling with my buddy, and we're getting like bowling alley drunk. And that was one. Of, and then I said, and then we go in. I go into the bathroom to piss. I piss in the kid's stall, and uh, and then the, a kid comes in and he's got to piss in the big boy's stall, and he puts his dick on the porcelain because he can't reach. He's like trying to cliffhanger himself up there, and he puts his dick on the porcelain. And I said, I went to say to him, in the true, this is the true part of the story. I, I said. Hey, buddy, but I scared the shit out of him. <laughs> and he started screaming and pissing all over the place. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, just, I probably shouldn't be talking to children in a with my dick out and his dick out. like, and, Or say that I've been watching you. Like, right. and, so, and then I just told, finished the joke by saying I killed him. But uh, 
So I, but in the thing, I one of my, by some weed, it was really fun to do when you go bowling. After like your third frame, turn to your friends and be like, hey, do your fingers taste weird? <laughs> <laughs> and so, because uh, it's like fucking making out with a homeless guy. Right, right. Um, but uh, yeah, and so Hardwick pulled me aside. He's like, uh, my dad is a professional bowler. So cut to, he tells me that. And he's like, I've always wanted to ride a bowling joke. It's my favorite bowling joke. Yeah. I feel like these days I am slurring my words because I don't want to finish my sentence because I think you already know what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Anyway, <laughs> it makes sense. I just I just did that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, <laughs> Can we go to a commercial? <laughs> Disney Disney greenlights a pilot during uh, celebrity. Remember when celebrity poker was big? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Gri- Disney wants to do celebrity bowling. <laughs> right, right. Which, by the way, now I think Chris Hardwick actually does. I think he has a celebrity bowling. Oh show. yeah, yeah, on the Nerdist channel. Yeah, yeah. And so um, that was it. So we celebrity bowled, and they needed a host. And me and Chris Harbrook were the two people they oh awesome interviewed. But they weren't telling you the premise of the show, right? Because they didn't want they didn't want it to get out. Yeah, yeah. So you just did a general interview. Sure. And uh, I did the general interview, and I saw Harbrook in the lounge, and on my head I was like, oh, he'll definitely get it. Right. Not knowing it was about bowling, but. Get it. He'll definitely get it because he's a good host. And he and 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 I ended up booking it. And so then we get it, and they tell me it's bowling. And then halfway through the production, like we're shooting it, and it's really going really bad. Like, oh really? <laughs> like it's going like epically bad. Really? How does it go bad? Um. Apparently, watching people who don't know how to bowl bowl is. More boring than watching people that do know how to bowl bowl, which is already pretty fucking boring. <laughs> well, now it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? You know who was like on that. this pilot? Key from Key and Peele. Oh, so it was recent or uh, no, back no, when no, he was on no, Mad TV? Not, not, obviously not recent because we got him. Uh, <laughs> we could, like, we could, they couldn't get him now. Right, right. Um, he was on it. Uh, one of the guys from Jackass was on it. Okay. And they were the celebrities. And then they had regular... I want to say they had regular people too. I forget really how it went. I'm sure there were more celebrities. I just don't remember. Right. And I was the host. And it's going so bad. I mean, it's going so bad you have no fucking idea. And um, and my wardrobe, the shirt they had got me, someone had worn it before. And so it smelled really bad. Oh. Yeah. So it's like a bowling alley. It's so bad that halfway through I say to the, I say to the casting director or the people, all the executives are there. I go, God damn it. I bet you're regretting not getting Chris Hardwick. And they're like, no, 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 no. This is this is perfect for you. I said, well, yeah, but I don't know anything about fucking bowling. And they're like, neither does Chris Hardwick. I go, bullshit. His dad's a fucking one of the greatest bowlers alive. And they're like, what? <laughs> I was like, I what go, do you guys do? I go, Chris Hardwick's dad. He's like ranked number like, three in the world. Yeah, he's like, and they're like, wait, hold on. Chris Hardwick... <laughs> And I said, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure you, if you had told us it had been bowling, you would have gone with him, but right. you should have known that. And they're like, and then I hear them like talking to each other like, do you know that Chris Hardwick's dad's a fucking bowler? You know, we have to reshoot this whole fucking thing. We, just, we can do this with Chris Hardwick. <laughs> can we buy this guy out? So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was That's celebrity. hysterical. And so, yeah, and it was so bad it did not get picked up. Oh, Thank man. God, though, because I think I got Bert the Conqueror right after that. Oh, good, good. Um, so, since, I don't know, I'm maybe using this phrase wrong, since... You have this party vibe about you. Yeah. Um, does it ever get turn on you in shows? I mean, do you ever get just drunk asses? Just I'm gonna come kiss Bert while he's on stage. Anything, you know? No. No. <laughs> no. I kind of welcome that a yeah? little bit. I don't, oh, yeah? I mean, I don't welcome people running on stage and touching me, but like, uh, I like I welcome chaos. Oh yeah. So yeah. So I like I like chaos. Mm-hmm. I like it more than not having it. Mm-hmm. Um, like what, the what 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 is boring to me is just like a stilted, like so funny. I did Irvine this weekend, and Dan Godfrey was there. Dan's great, and I love he was Dan. like, he Dan, was like Dan, Dan runs the improvs for our listeners. Yep, and Dan's known me for probably ten years. Right, right. Uh, and Dan was like, and I wasn't drinking, so I was on this cleanse. I wanted to lose some weight. I wanted mm. to get healthy. It's called, it's called sobriety. It's called sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing cleanse. And so. <laughs> And Dan was like, Dan was like, uh, hey man, I, I was like, your first show, you did like all material. I was like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, it's, it's not like you though. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I don't know. He goes, do you think you're funnier when you're drunk? And I, was like, I don't know. Do you? And he's like, 
I'll tell you what. He's like, I mean, it's nice to watch you work through material, but I kind of missed the chaos of <laughs> right. what could happen. I was yeah. like, and yeah. And that's what we call enabling. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all you right. all have words. Yeah. So, uh, but it's, it's true. It's like, I like the, and, I, and people usually know their limits of like not being too fucked up. Right. Yeah. It's never gotten too bad. I mean, I've, I've, the only, the only bad part, like there was a period of time where I was, definitely living up to what people's expectations of me were uh-huh. and like in like a one month period i fell off the stage twice oh yeah once in tampa once in tampa <laughs> and once i talked about that when we were in tampa matt yeah i'd, I'd fallen off that stage and it's like a three-tiered stage <laughs> so it took forever like i <laughs> fell at the top and this then is- i i fell to the second story then the third story then down the steps but by, by the time you get down there your 45 minutes is already up yeah i got the light halfway up. through the falling <laughs> and so and then one time i fell off the stage in in uh in dc but it wasn't my fault and i wasn't drunk i was sick I was with Steve Byrne and uh-huh. I was dancing, and and <laughs> it was I cannot remember exactly how it went down, but me we were doing the Jameson comedy tour and, and I was sick, so I wasn't drinking. Right. So, but I was I list, I looked drunk because I was sick. Sure. And um and I fell off the stage then and I was like all right and then the next time I went back some girl goes uh, some girls I'm I'm going walking past like all where everyone's. Uh, Buying tickets, and I see a girl at the front front thing, and she says, um, "Is he going to be like hammered this time?" <laughs> she still and, came back, and she goes, "Because last time he was here, he was so drunk he fell off the stage." <laughs> and the lady's like, "I don't know, I can't, I can't promise." <laughs> and I heard that, and it got in my head, and I was like, "Motherfucker!" Like that's what this woman thinks of me. Right. And so I got on stage, and fucking just like the universe would have it. Everyone was sending shots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. sending shots. And I start doing shot after shot after shot. And then I'm like, hey, listen, to that lady who didn't want me to see me get drunk, I'm so sorry this is happening. Right. I was like, but I can't stop it. And I don't know how to stop it. Right. She was like, no, 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 no. I want you hammered. <laughs> I was like, what? She goes, she goes, I was requesting it to the lady up front. I was like, oh. So, You're going to enjoy tonight. Yeah, so, yeah. but I, I She was the one sending the shots up. I, she might have been. That, 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 club is, that, that club is chaos for me, the DC Improv. Yeah. It's one of those clubs where it's like things always fucking go chaotic. <laughs> because it's an old school club, mm-hmm. low ceilings, in a basement, great fucking stage. You're higher than the audience. Mm-hmm. The sound system's perfect. Why? Why aren't all clubs like that? We know what a club physically needs to be, and it's the DC Improv, and it's the cellar, and it's yeah. low ceilings, and it's tight walls, and everyone's like, "Nah, let's go high ceilings and yeah. fucking way let's too big." Let's go theater. Let's go theater case, size. Just in case, fucking Damon Wayans is here. Let's build it for that. Yeah. There are some clubs I like that have high ceilings. Like I like. I really like the the Edmonton uh, Edmonton comic strip is mm-hmm. one of the greatest clubs in ever, but that's got really low ceilings too. Right, right. Um, I think it does. It feels like it does. Um, Acme in Minneapolis does. Yeah, yeah. Acme's, Acme's a great fucking hook. club. I don't do that anymore, but I love that club. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like the punchline in Atlanta. And it's got be- very tall ceilings. Yeah, but I like that club. A lot of the a lot of the improvs I've talked like Palm Beach. It's got pretty pretty open area. Chicago, all those. Are big. I think most of the new improvs and funny bones too. Yeah, I I did your um I did your, the joke you gave me on Mother's Day. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So I'm sweating doing Mother's Day because I'm doing. He's here. He's in Tampa during the weekend, and right. then I'm there on Sunday. Oh, you're headlining Mother's Day? Yeah, and I didn't realize. I asked for the day. I go, "Hey, can I do Sunday since Bert's not doing sure. it?" Sure. And they, they kind of put it like, oh, "Let us think about it." Right, so right. it's definitely like they're acting like they were doing me a favor. Where was this? This is Tampa. in the Tampa oh, Improv. Tampa, okay. And so I when I when I see on the website it's being sold as like a thirty dollar Mother's Day package, and I get I get sick. <laughs> I don't have one joke about being a father. I don't right, even tell right. a joke about my mother. <laughs> and and of course they they stack the deck like the MC is a mother sure the feature is a mother <laughs> and I'm telling Bird on Saturday oh, night yeah. I go I go hey I'm a little nervous about this and he goes here's what I did and he gave me the punchline I pretty much had to write the joke I got uh, I got to be Bert for like five minutes I brought people on stage yeah. And I'm like, we're going to do a shot. And I interviewed them about being mothers. And that got tons of fucking laughs. Oh, yeah. oh Good nice. times. And it was great, too, because it was right during where I, 
people usually get sick of me around 25 minutes. Where it's like, okay, so you're just going to talk about yourself for an hour or 45 minutes? Okay, we're, we're pretty checked out here, full charge. So I brought the people up, and, I, and this is the joke. Uh, Bert gave me the punchline. I, I said, like, we know a lot about these women. We know they're caring. We know they've made a lot of sacrifices. And we know they let their men come inside them. Happy Fucking <laughs> save the show. So it's a, it was a, I did it with Tom Segura. Yeah. I, Tom Segura and I were working Mother's Day in Brea. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I, at the time, I think I just had, I didn't have a lot of like parenting material. And I just brought all the women on stage. And I was like having a rough time because they wanted to hear about moms. Right. So I just brought all the women on stage. And I went through <laughs> and talked to them. Uh, you know, and then and then I did the j- joke at the end, and and it was like some bullshit shot, uh-huh. and everyone does a shot, and everyone's taking pictures, and no one leaves unhappy right, because right. it was their Mother's Day, and they got brought up on stage, and they got a shot from the comedian, and the comedian talked to them, and they were famous. Yeah, so it, it's like it's like fucking foolproof. Oh man, it worked out. That it worked out awesome. really well, man. Definitely. That sounds awesome. I, I don't know. I would get worried about bringing somebody up on stage. Well, man. that's Not the thing. Me. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> love it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I knew it was the right thing to do before the show. I'm like, I got to do this. this. This show calls for this. Yeah. Which may, and I knew it was going to kill, but it actually made me more nervous because it was so unpredictable to me. Oh, that's you know when I fucking, I mean? that's and when I, I start getting excited. Yeah. It's, yeah, when, when, when you get, when you get like, like there's, I, like I have an, <laughs> like the first time I did it, the first time I did it was so I'm ah, fuck. I don't want to. I'm trying not to. I'm going to just tell the story. Just okay. tell the story. So I worked with I worked the Miami Improv mm-hmm. and there's I was headlining and I get down there and they have sold no tickets for the weekend. Ugh. So Joel calls me and he said, "Hey, Steve Trevino's in town. I'm going to have him co-headline with you." And uh, and and that way he can do some. We'll double the press, mm-hmm. and then he can get you in on like Paul and Ron wouldn't have me in yet, mm-hmm. but they're good friends of mine now. Right, right. Like at the time, they didn't know who I was, and they knew Steve, and so I got to know them through Steve, and I did really well in the show. And then uh, thank you for that introduction, Steve. But um, I uh, holy <laughs> fucking shit! <laughs> Look at this. Oh, this is one of my best friends. We got a tweet or a text coming in. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. I yeah. like how it's a picture of your face. <laughs> it's uh, one of my best friends who lives in Atlanta sent me a picture of himself wearing my machine shirt with three lines of Coke well, on a fucking... And in, in his defense, it is almost 3 p.m. there. <laughs> yeah, is it, yeah, it is. Fucking... Oh, I love that he didn't put his face in it. So hey, it's two forty-five somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I so I go down. I work with Trevino. I get there, and, and Trevino has brought Trevino is by the way he's being cool as shit. Yeah, he's, he's a cool like guy. he's yeah, like yeah. I'm not I'm not here to fuck your weekend up. But I I do bring my own comics that work with me. So now the club has a host booked, uh-huh. a feature booked. Steve is a co-headliner, and Steve has brought his own feature. Mm-hmm. So now there's it's a, so we had to fire one person. The first night I had to, we had to fire, let go of one person and go. Now we're just kind of a four-person show, right? But the host does fucking ten. Steve's feature does fifteen, and Steve's doing an hour. That's a show. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's show. a show. And then I do an hour. So oh, jeez. Yeah. So I, I'm like, and 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 I mean, even just introducing my name, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for. Steve Travino, Ricky Cruz, yeah. DJ Gucci, and Burke Kreicher. Burke Kreicher? Okay, okay. And so it like I mean Pitbull came to one of our shows. <laughs> it was like it was like fucking chaos. And so we go I like the Thursday show goes actually fine. We do yeah. press. Friday's first show goes so poorly. I've never done that. I've never done that bad on stage in my entire life. <laughs> really? So poorly. Yeah, and 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 for and like and I'm telling you, I was on stage for a very long. They haven't even dropped checks. Right. I'm on stage for a very long time. <laughs> so I tell Steve and DJ Cooch and uh, and and everyone and uh, Ricky, I go. Everyone, let's all start tightening our times because I'm. I'm I'm out I'm hanging out there to dry and it's right. really tough. So uh, they're like, okay, so they try their best, but they're murdering. Yeah. Right. And I go up again and I suck a dick, and so I eat I eat shit on both shows Friday. I go. By the way, uh, this 
oh, this gets better before it gets worse. <laughs> my wife's pregnant. She's down. My wife's pregnant with Isla. She's down there with one of her friends, and my wife sees me bomb harder than I've ever bombed in my life. Yeah, both shows Friday. Wow. Correct. At one point, a guy in the front row is doing this. Like with oh this like 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 he's slapping something into his hand and I go what is that and he goes he goes I'm gonna kill you <laughs> I said really he goes yeah and he goes I go what what, what are you doing with your hand he goes with the baseball bat <laughs> and I go oh you must be Dominican and it, nothing nothing really? no, nothing so we've decided we don't like you so I go up and what it is it's all ethnic crowd right I right. Mean, everyone's doing Spanish in their acts sure. and I don't have any Spanish in my act. And it's all black and, and Cuban. Right, right. That's, and, and whatever else is in the melting pot of Miami, but no white people. Right. There right. Are, I am the only white person. So uh, we go, the sa- first show Saturday, I call like, I forget who I called, and I, I maybe Frosty was my agent, but I, I called someone, I forget who I called, and I was like, I'm fucking eating dicks on stage. Yeah. And they're like, well, or maybe I talked to Steve or someone. Might have been Ricky, who I've known for a really long time. We went to college together. And he was like, well, it seems like you're doing a lot of your material. And I don't think they want to see material. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. No material. So I get on stage the first show of Saturday. And I start to, I start to do a little crowd work. And I start to bomb. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, motherfucker. So I go, you know what? Fuck this. I go, I'm not connecting with anyone in this room. I'm saying this to them. Yeah. Right. I go, and I feel like you guys don't even know what I'm saying. So... I go, you. And there's this black dude with gold fronts. Right. I go, you come up. And he goes, what? I said, get on stage. You're going to translate my act to these people. And then I said, and then you, to this like the most Cuban dude I can find, right. who looks like he And I go, you come up. I go, you, I'm going to tell my joke, and then you translate it to them and 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 so that they understand it. And I yeah. said, I got pulled over by a cop the other day. I give it to the black guy. He's like, Po, 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 like, <laughs> and it fucking murders. Really? It murders so hard that I was like, that I then didn't do jokes. Yeah. Um, po, 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 the brother over for no reason at all. <laughs> and, and I said, uh, so I was respectful to him. He's like, fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> it, it killed. It killed. So I go, and I, I mean, I, I remember I closed, I had them on stage with me the whole time, and I closed with, um, I remember the joke, the, the, through the bit punchline was um uh we were t- we, we, we didn't even do material i just would say things i would like ha- hello ladies and then the black guy would be like hey can i play get some conversation <laughs> <laughs> and then the cuban guy's like no yeah. mommy 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 Mommy. and then the the end was i was like i'd like to apply for a home loan and i give the black guy the mic he's like what and i was like exactly <laughs> so so uh so steve I don't remember. I I, I I'm I have to. T- I mean, Steve. It really murdered. And so right, then right. Steve brought people on stage for his show. Oh uh-huh. no! And I'm like, motherfucker! In my head, I'm like, Steve, that's the only thing I have. Right. And he was like, Well, it was organic. It was in the moment. And yeah, the moment when he saw you do it. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but he like I, I like and I you know it's like whatever. I wasn't in the room when he did it, but he brought people up. So now I can't bring people up because he's already brought people up. Oh, right. So I go, I'm like, fuck. So I go on stage, and by the way, now I'm like, there's no rules. Whatever yeah. happens, happens in this room, yeah. because I can't fucking make this, I can't change this. Right. So I get on stage, and I'm like, hey, everyone, and it's silent, <laughs> silent. Steve is just improv with two people uh, that are uh, ethnic on stage. Yeah. Not, I mean, he's not doing my bit, but he did something sure. extremely similar, yeah. and, and I cannot go to that well again. Right, right. So I'm like, motherfucker. So this girl goes, uh, I go on stage, she goes, and it's silent, she goes... Show us your. I go. What do you? I go. What are you guys looking for tonight? And this girl goes. Show us your dick. And I went. What? She goes. I want to see your dick. And everyone laughs. I go. All right. Come on. She goes. What? I said. Bitch. Stand the fuck up. Walk around the corner. Go into the green room. I'll show you my dick. And the place is now like what? And I'm like. And I go. You're not standing up. Do you want to see my dick or not? She goes. You won't do it. I said. You start fucking walking. Meet me in the green room. The mine. By the way, the green room's attached to the stage. So she walks around the corner. I mean, the fucking room is like bubbling. Right. I right. walk into the green room with the mic in my hand still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hand her the mic. Biggest fucking mistake of the world yeah. is to give someone your microphone. Right, I, give, yeah. right. I give her my mic. She goes, oh my God. And I start taking my pants. She goes, he's undoing his pants. I can hear the place losing their fucking mind. <laughs> right, right, right. He's undoing his pants. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And I pull my dick out. 
and it's not big at all. <laughs> but for some grace of God, she says, it's humongous. Uh. And the place goes fucking bananas. <laughs> I walk her out on stage and she's like, oh, shit, he showed me his dick. <laughs> and I go, all right, you guys ready to start the show? And the girl's like, I want to see your dick. <laughs> I go, all right, come on back. So I bring her around. And I, I bring her around. She comes in the green room. And once again, I'm literally hoping that it just stays true to form and she says it's big too. Right. But I give her the microphone. I pull my pants down. I show her my dick. And she says, it's bigger than my boyfriend's. <laughs> the place goes fucking nuts. Her boyfriend stands up ah. and is like, fuck you. And, 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 and I've owned the crowd. I own oh, yeah. the fucking crowd. And so I got to how I got through my... Second show, Saturday. I think we did three shows Saturday. And on the late show, Steve didn't bring anyone on stage. I was like, don't bring anyone up on stage because I need that. And he was right, like, oh, right. okay. So I bring people up on stage again and I do like a mix of everything. It was just total fucking chaos. But I realized in those moments because I had never – I wasn't much of a headliner. Headlining always get me, get me, give me anxiety because I was like, you got to do an hour. Yeah. Like I remember someone bitching and moaning that Daniel Tosh did 45 minutes and they were like, fuck him. He owes me 15 minutes. Really? Yeah, what? It was, uh, the last stop. Yeah. And they're like, he did 45 minutes and got off stage. And I was like, yeah, I think that's the deal that we sign up for. He's like, this is Texas, motherfucker. You do an hour. And I was like, okay. So I would go up. I would go up with like a fucking list of jokes. Yeah. And I would just be like, barrel, barrel, barrel. Like, right. And so and then when I did that in Miami, I was like, oh, there don't need to be any fucking rules. And I, and I started doing that. And it's the, I really want to say it's the reason I'm headlining. The reason I'm headlining today. I mean, I, I think it would have happened. But the reason I started headlining was in the Brea Improv where I kind of learned how to do stand-up honestly. Yeah. Me and Segura every fucking Thursday. Me, Segura, and Ian Bag every fucking Thursday night. and Or Tuesday night. That's a good lineup, man. Dude, Segura would host mm-hmm. slash feature. He'd do like 20. And Ian and I would co-headline. And we'd go back and forth, and we'd flip it back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I mean, following Ian Bag is a Woof, fucking uphill tough. battle. That's yeah, tough. man. Always. But, it, but there's no ego involved because you're your friend, and you want to be fucking hilarious. Right. And you want to sit in the room and watch him work. No shit. So, like, it really is an, a fucking, a little bit of a fucking ego-swallowing moment sure, where man. you go, here we go. Now i got to see how good I can get. I think it got me better at stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, so, I'm in Brea. Chris Porter has just done Last Comic Standing... I was there. I was actually going to bring this story up because I think about you a lot when I headline because of that Florida story. Really? And because of the story you're about to tell, I think. I was... Well, I, I think you were there. I was there. I was hosting. Yep. It's oh. me, uh, Chris Porter, and Matt. And I was called to headline because Chris Porter was doing an audition set for a tour. He wanted to do a tour. And so Hartman, Aaron, like everyone that worked at Levity or Mm -hmm. at Triage or whatever, everyone that worked at the Improvs was going to go see Chris Porter. But they're like, he's going to do like 35. He doesn't have an hour yet. Right, right. So we need someone to headline because we sold tickets to the show. So do you, and we feel, you can probably follow someone that does 35. I was like, yeah, of course. Uh, No problem. And by the way, no ego involved. And and for the first time, I remember going back and I remember asking you, because I hadn't, didn't know who Chris Porter was right. yet. It was mm-hmm. like, the de- this is the first time I met Porter. And I go, who is this? And, he, and you're like, oh, he's a guy from Last Comic Standing. He's, they're doing a tour. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. So we watched. He's actually, Porter's fucking hilarious. Porter's yeah, you were, you were dying. Yeah, you were I was dying. doubled over. And I was yeah. like, oh, he's going to be tough to follow. Yeah, yeah. So I go up. And, and everyone from Levity, everyone just walks out. The second Porter walks out of the room, oh, they yeah. all leave with them. And in my head, I'm like, no pressure whatsoever. Right. So I go up and fuck around. I go, I go up. My boyfriend had walked in on his girlfriend fucking a dude that, that morning. And my be- one of my best friends had walked in on his girlfriend fucking a dude. The dude is also famous. Right. So, uh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, and so I, he had walked in on her and he was crushed drove directly over to our house at like 7 in the morning and was sobbing uncontrollably at our front door. And, we, and, and, I, and I made a joke and I said, you know, um, the only thing better than making someone laugh is twisting the screws and making someone cry harder. Because <laughs> I said, my, boy, my buddy came over, his girlfriend walked in on, he walked in on his girlfriend fucking this guy and he came over crying this morning. That's how my day started is my buddy sobbing uncontrollably at my front door and I just kept twisting the screws. In the middle of my set, my buddy calls. 
Oh. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I go, guys, this is the guy <laughs> that, that was crying at my front door. I go, let me see if I can get him to cry again. <laughs> so I pick up the phone. I go, no one. By the way, this is the greatest energy in the room because I go, no one fucking laugh. Right. The right. second you say that, everyone's like, it's like study hall. Yeah, That's yeah. the best laugh you can yeah. ever have. Right. So I pick up the phone and he go, I go, hello. And he goes, oh, hey, buddy. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it is fucking trembling and i'm like how's it how's it going and he's like not bad and i go have you talked to her and he's like she won't pick up her phone and i'm like and i go uh are you visualizing it over and over again you walking in and he's like he's like uh-huh and he starts to cry and everyone's losing their shit they are holding on to their chairs and I'm like and he starts to sob and the laughs are so big that I go I'm going through a tunnel I'll call you back and I hang up on him <laughs> I get done that show and Aaron's in the back of the room I think I walked up to you and you're like Aaron watched your whole set and I go up to Aaron and Aaron's like um, I am going to make sure you work for the rest of your life oh, I was wow. like really? really she was like you are my new favorite comic and I was like thank you and so she... By the then, way, she still posts on Facebook, like, I'm going to see Bert this weekend. He's my boy. I love him so oh, much. She, that, this weekend, she did that. She, I, she, for her birthday, she came to the show. Yeah. I tried to tell a story about Patrice, and it bombed horrifically. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron is a booker at the Improv. Right. Yeah. And so, and then the next morning, I got an, I got an email saying, I got an email from Aaron saying, I'm, I'm going to make sure you work. I think you're fucking hilarious. More people need to see you live. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever you do, just accept this offer. It's not a lot of money, but it's the best I can do. Right. And so, and it was like 13 clubs. I want to say it was 1200 bucks to headline. And mm-hmm. that was my first round of headlining. Right. But it was, it was because of that one fucking show right. that Aaron was like, and then, and then I probably shouldn't say numbers of what I got paid, but I don't care. But yeah, so yeah. Yeah, that was like 13. And then, and then someone like the next year, someone was like, holy shit, man. Like, what I don't know what you did to Aaron, but like we had our our big meeting in like wherever they do their meeting, and they're like, and she fucking pushed you to all the clubs, really, and yeah, and literally she is she was like a guardian angel for me. I mean, she is the reason that I that I'm working, and it's so funny because I'd had two kids. Leanne had just had it, had Isla, mm-hmm. and I was like fucking broke, and to this day I'm I think about her like just like that one fucking night changed everything right yeah. but yeah so but that chaos if yeah. i had never worked with trevino right because right. trevino was a murderer mm-hmm. like still is but was a murderer on stage if i hadn't worked with him i would have still been trying to do material yeah. and not allow the chaos to happen and that chaos has kind of defined me a little bit like another trip in miami one time black dude gets up i don't know if i've ever told you this i go on stage there's three gangbangers in the front they make the host cry <laughs> they make the host cry was that you matt yeah <laughs> the 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 feature act is a comic who is in LA. He used to teach a class on hosting. Oh no. Um oh. God damn it, what's Don't his fucking name? Cry. Whatever you do. <laughs> class number one. <laughs> he, he what was his what was his name? He was so funny. Uh he was he's uh, he's like a little old school in comedy like uh-huh. like he would definitely would be a great corporate act. Right, right. Um but the Miami improv was not necessarily his fit. Mm-hmm. His hair was thinning. I only remember, and he had combed it like. I'm, and I'm, I know if you're listening to this, and you know who you are. I'm not. I, by the way, I, have, I hope I'm not talking shit about you because I really liked you and I had a good time with you. <laughs> but his hair was thinning, and he had like combed it like like Billy Crystal, like uh, you know, like like right, like yeah. not a comb over, but it was like combed comb back, back, and it was like styled, but it was definitely thinning. Uh, he got off the stage, and his hair was matted. Down to his head with sweat. Oh, he now looks like the fucking old creepy pervert because it's it, he. They were heckling him beyond belief. Really? These three gangbangers and I get on stage. Um, they've got face tattoos. They got throat tattoos. One's got dreadlocks. One's just like a big fucking brother. Like and that and that's the one. And I go out and in my head I'm like I know this Miami improv. And I just catered my whole set to them. Yeah. I did all my setups to them. Yeah. I let them guess the punchline. Yeah. And then I one upped them with my punchline. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, uh, you know how to please a woman? Yeah, this is what you do, man. You <laughs> fucking do this. I go, no, you know what you should do? Is you should do this. Right. And then my joke is gonna work because right. I'm so you it's put like, some thought into it. Yeah. <laughs> I put some thought into it. 
I'm letting them bomb. I'm giving them opportunity to be funny, right. and they're yeah. bombing, right. which is then, and if they are funny, I'm the genius that made them funny. Sure. So right. it's, it's working all on my behalf. 35 minutes I do with them, back and forth. Every joke is to one of them, and, and now the crowd, by the way, is like on my side, because they're like, they're like, uh, they're like, you know, thank God, because yeah, it's yeah. uncomfortable. They were making it, they made that girl cry. And now we're all having a good time. And in my head, I'm like, I'm like, I probably should tell like a real a joke to the side of the crowd. And I remember walking over to the side of the crowd to the stage left to to make like a a joke in that direction. When I saw the big dude, the big black dude, um, one was light skinned, mm-hmm. one was Cuban, and then the big black dude. And and there's another guy. So the big black dude, his name was uh, Ray. I think his name almost positive. His name was Ray. Because and I only remember that because I remember. He told me that over and over again. <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes, this is a real motherfucker right here. He's using the N-word throughout this. Okay. I'm not going to use it in this story because then I'm going to sound racist. But this is what he's saying. There's a real motherfucker right here. Real. You know what you get when you're a real motherfucker in the 305? <laughs> and everyone's What is he saying silent. this about you or is he he's saying it about himself? He's saying it about me. Oh, okay. He's pointing to me. He's standing on stage like he's my hype man. Right. Yeah, this real, real talk. This right, what you right, get. Right. And he drops his pants and shows his dick. <laughs> huh. And it is fucking huge. Wow. Yeah, I'll fuck, I'll fucking make babies with this thing. Like just... <laughs> It's fucking massive. Switch gears, huh? And 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 <laughs> the and the place, I didn't see that comment at all, man. The place is like going fucking nuts, and like go, really right, going right. nuts. And I and I'm like, holy shit! It is like massive, and it is really black. Right. Like it is. And I'm like, and I, I've never seen anything like it. And I go, holy shit, man, that's impressive. <laughs> I go, listen, Ray, you may want to leave. Right. I was like, because I almost certain. That you're not allowed to do this, and I'm almost certain the club is probably calling a security guard or a cop. <laughs> and he goes, "Good looking out!" And he just gets off stage. And I'm yeah. like, "Holy shit!" I was, and it's like, and it's not even laughter. It's like people just talking. Like, I can't believe this is fucking happening. Right, right, right. And they're laughing. And 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 then I go, "How do you follow that?" All of a sudden, the smaller dude of the two of the group with the light skin, probably actually really good looking guy yeah. with dreadlocks that are kind of like look bleach blonde, like look bleached out, mm-hmm. stands up and gets on stage. I go, oh, please tell me with another dick. <laughs> and he takes his pants down. He goes, you're a real motherfucker. I'll give you this. And so he shows his dick and I'm like, mother. And, and I, uh, th- this is the part I'm leaving out. They keep going, show your shit, son. Show your shit. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to show my shit because I'll get in a lot of trouble. Right. And I go, and you know what? You may want to catch up with Ray because they may have not called the cops when Ray was on, but they've definitely called them now. <laughs> and you but and you might want to go with Ray. So the guy's like, good looking out. Now, he he gets off stage. I swear to God, all my children with them is a hairless albino. No shit. Oh, really? I swear all my children, behind, he's sitting right behind them, but he's with them. And I go, this is so funny. Out of all the dicks I've wanted to see, yours is the only one. <laughs> he stands up. He, get, he doesn't say a word. He walks up on stage and drops his pants to his f- ankles. And his dick is not only huge, it is hairless, it is shorn, and it is g- like a lighthouse. Just like, p- what? it looks like powder. And, I, and the place loses their fucking mind. They're flipping tables over. And I'm like, that's my show. And I dropped the mic and I walked off stage. And then Ray and the fucking other dude were out at the bar and like, we're, going, we're taking you out. And I was like, oh no. I wanted out. I ended up going out with them, but it was the fucking. It's like the, if you don't, if you can't embrace the chaos sometimes, then right. No, what are you doing? That's awesome, man. I've, uh, what, what's funny is like somehow that place inspires a dick to come out, no matter yeah. what. Miami, it's closed now, isn't it? It's closed. Yeah, too many dicks. It stinks. But like I, you took your dick out. I took my dick out. They Those took their took dick. Their right? It seems like it's always the answer. It's it was kids. Def- if you learn anything this <laughs> week about stand up, the Miami Improv is dick friendly. <laughs> they changed it. They opened up at a sports bar. Oh yeah, yeah. The only dick I've ever seen pulled out on stage was Joey Diaz at the Comedy Store one night. We pulled his dick on stage. Oh yeah, and a woman put a sticker on it. Really, <laughs> just a little, like a banana like, sticker? Or something? Just, she just had sticker in her. She's like, I want to see your dick. And he's like, You want to see it? Uncle Joey will show you. Uncle Joey will show you. He pulled it down. Ari Shafir used to take his dick out a lot. Oh really? Yeah, sure, Ari, he did I, it on TV. Ari told me, and I don't know if this is accurate, but he goes, you're the reason I got banned from the improv for like three months. Oh, really? I said, why? And he goes, because I liked, I thought Ari was funny as fuck, mm-hmm. but I'd never seen him live, mm-hmm. but I'd seen like other, other stuff online and stuff. So I ran into him at the bar and I go, dude, I'm fucking, I'm Bert. 
He's one of the first people, by the way, that I ever introduced myself to and was like, I'm Bert. I'm a big fan of yours. I can't wait to see you live. Mm-hmm. And Ari was like, well, fuck. I'm a fan of yours. And then he got nervous and he was like, well, I better do this. I'm going to do the dick on stage. Right, right. So we did it and then the club banned him from wow. showing his dick on stage. I think that's accurate. My memory is fucking suspect at best. <laughs> so none of that, none of those dicks happened? But no, but I, and that's, what's so funny is I didn't even see him take his dick out. Oh, really? No. I didn't see it until he did HBO with Jim Norton. Oh, right. And he did it on stage, and I saw it, and I fucking lost my shit. Is it a bit? I've never uh, seen a it's, bit about it's it. It's kind of a bit. He kind of like um, he kind of leads up to it. He, it's it's more about like fucking with the audience. I'll do it. No, you won't. That type of thing. Right, right, As right. far as I can remember. But right, right. I saw him do it at the original room in the comedy store at yeah. like maybe 1230 at night. So there's only like 12 people there, and all you can hear is those floor, whatever lights. This is a... And his his, his his dick is just out in the room, and it's like, like twelve people are going fucking ape shit. I've seen him make a couple hundred dollars doing this one night because he knows he's going to do it. Yeah, but he bets people in the audience, and this guy, this high roller, had a bunch of hundreds on him, and so he made some serious fucking coin in addition to the fifteen mitts really? he gave him. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's Ari's an interesting guy. I just list, started listening to one of his podcasts he uh-huh. did with the Tell and Oakson. Yeah, yeah. And only Ari will will uh, cut his legs out from under him and go <laughs> and be like, he, cut his legs out from under himself. He's like, in this podcast, I'm I really fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, and he's like, I meant to, I wanted to talk to Tell about drinking, but I I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh-huh. And so uh, it's not that good. Like you're like, uh-huh. but it's still a good podcast because right. it's funny as fuck. It's a Tell, yeah, Oakerson. And Metzger all hang and Ari Jeez. all sitting around talking, so it's fucking fascinating. But Ari's it's it's fucking total Ari. I saw. I, I mean, I hate to quote other podcasts right. on a podcast, but I was listening to Rogan with Attell, and they were talking about comedians and cars getting coffee. And Attell's like, or as I like to call it, millionaires wearing seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. a pretty good Attell. <laughs> as, uh, I wonder he's he is the guy that everyone kind of fucking. You All know. the comedians love him. Who yeah. Attell? Attell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. I, and I'll think about. Um, I'll be like, yeah, I really like Attell, and then I'll listen to it, and I'll I'll go like Skanks for the memories, and I'll go, Jesus Christ, this is just machine gun fire of uh, unexpected hilarity coming from every direction. Mm-hmm. It's fucking amazing. I forgot how fast and how concentrated it was. If you yeah. know. Uh, what is uh? For, we should, what time is it? Probably... It's uh ten after twelve. So your friend's probably done about eight lines by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send him. Have him send a follow up picture. <laughs> yeah, and can that's... I post that picture on the Facebook page? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, text it to me after this episode. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns and bees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette. <laughs> Drunks in the front making out for your set. And middle acts doing blow more missing merch. And drive the rental car past another mega church. And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon.